Welcome to the Francisca Show podcast, a part of JewishCoffeehouse.com, the show on where I give a voice to Jewish issues, topics, and people. I'm Francisca, your host. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast listening app you are listening to. Spread the word, tell your friends. If you'd like to participate in the discussion group, please do join the WhatsApp group. I am Francisca, a podcast success launch coach. I help people launch podcasts, monetize podcasts, and everything related to podcasts. If you are away for Pesach or you are home for Pesach, I hope you are enjoying and having a great time. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here we go. Welcome to the Francisca Show. Today, we have a guest with us who is the co-founder of 10K Bate Israel. For us to begin or continue the conversation around the shidduch industry, what's going right, what's going wrong, where can we improve? And I'm so excited to be talking to her today. Liba, welcome to the show. Tell us what 10K Bate Israel is and how you got started, and we'll go from there. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. We work so hard on 10K Bate Israel to, to have a platform and to continue spreading the awareness of everything we do is so appreciated and thank you so much for allowing us to do that so the story behind 10k with israel starts uh, almost four years ago Cholmite pesach there was an engaged couple israel levin and elishama kaplan who were in a tragic car accident on Cholmite pesach and were killed instantly and a lot of people in the community knew them. It was a devastating, devastating tragedy, especially because they were a chassan and kala. They had gotten engaged like just a week earlier. At the Levaya, Israel's father, Rav Shai Levin, was speaking, and he said that on Pesach, when an afikomen is returned, a child returns it to his, his father, the child asks for something in return as a gift, right? They're afikomen present. And Rav Levin says, I just returned my Afikomen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I returned my son, Yisrael, and Elisheva in perfect, pristine form. He's not broken up into pieces. And I want to ask something in return from Hashem instead. Hashem, please give Klal Yisrael 10,000 Shadokhim. We need so many in, right, in the community. Please, Hashem, do this. So a friend of mine was at the Leviah. And she heard these words and she thought to herself, let's take this inspiration and do something with it. 10K or 10,000 Shidduchim are not just going to come by themselves. It's not just going to fall from like the sky. We each have to do our part. And she said, how many times have I thought of an idea and I never acted upon it? I was busy. I was, wasn't sure didn't know them so well. She said, let's do this. Let's start spreading the message that every single person can start writing Shadduchim. Every single person can suggest one Shadduch today. And if everybody does that, we'll start getting those 10,000 Shadduchim that Hashem, that Rabbi Levin asked from Hashem. And she started off in like a simple Google form. She just started sending out these cute little graphics that she made. She brought me on board. And within the first day, over 250 suggestions were, were logged on the form. And we watched as, as each day 
it got more and more and more people were posting about it and more people were talking about it. Names of singles, right? So she was actually just submitting like basic information and everything was private. Like you just gave the initials, locations, age, whatever. It wasn't like a lot. It wasn't by suggestions. It wasn't matches being made. It was individuals, 250 individual people. No, it's 250 people set logging that they made a suggestion. So it's 250 suggestions actually being made, 250 phone calls, 250 resumes being sent. So then after the Shiva was over, we went to the Levin family with this idea and we showed them what had started during Shiva. And they were so floored and appreciative and they were on board right away. And actually they are still very actively involved in the organization till today. A couple of weeks later, we were getting closer to the Shloshim. And that's when we decided that this is like just growing and growing. Let's take this to the next level. We built the website for it. We had our first ads made and printed. And from there, it's just been growing and growing and growing. Around a little more than a year after it started, we actually reached 10,000 Shadokim suggestions. And we said, wow, like this is amazing. The awareness is there. But we saw that people really needed more than just the awareness and the inspiration. A lot of people just didn't know where to start. Said, what do I do? Like, or what if I'm too nervous? What if I'm too scared? And we started introducing also like a lot of resources. So not only do we inspire you, we encourage every single person to pick up the phone call and suggest a shidduch for the singles they know. We're there to hold your hands throughout the entire process. We have events with Shadchanim, with Rabbanim, with dating coaches with all you know individuals who can help you in the process from start to finish so that's basically what we do today okay so you are there as a support system for people who want to be more active and need guidance because there's no shotgun school right now exactly yes there is no exactly i was going to say that also that like there's no certification for becoming a shotgun and it's not so black and white and there's a lot of gray areas and a lot of different scenarios. So yes, we are a resource for them. If you go to our website, 10kbudsyisrael.org, you will see there's so many resources, so many events we have, and it covers everything. Never made a shidduch yet? We're going to inspire you to do that. You have an idea and you don't know what to do with it? We're going to help you along the way. We have an email list. We have a WhatsApp group that we post guidance and just scenarios every so often with answers to how to navigate them. Basics like, what if they both say, eh, not sure I want to go out again, right? Or something like, how many times do I have to follow up before, you know, or how much time do I need to give between, you know, before following up again? Everything that we all face every day in the shit system. Okay, so how many Shadokim have been read to date or in the last four years? Loading the website right now, I can tell you. Actually, it's very exciting. We updated it last night. We had another engagement come in. And oh, that's another thing was like, we're reaching like throughout the world. Like our latest engagement came from France. Right now we have 17,295 total suggestions in the last almost four years. 2,761 first dates and 209 engagements. Wow. This is really impressive. I'd like to break this down and take a step back and talk about 
What are some of the challenges? I mean, the classic ones are their shatchanim are overwhelmed. They are focusing on easier people, the, the people who are easier to read. So for example, younger or wealthier or more educated, I don't know, versus somebody who lives out of town and has, you know, parents who are Garim or Balichuva and maybe he's international. So out of the box, out of the box, triple out of the box, let's add divorce to it or whatever else. Talk to me how you address those issues. First of all, we always say, look around. Everyone knows someone, right? Your neighbor, your coworker's child, the people you go to the bungalow colony. And we give these resources also. We say like, we literally have a list of what we call social circles that we've sent around a few times where it's like, if you wouldn't even think of thinking of those people, you know, your child's teacher or your child's teacher's child, right? These are people that are single. And you write a list and you say, these are the list of the girls that I know. These are the list of the boys that I know. You write a little bit, a description about them. You have their resumes and you start seeing who can I set up. Rabbi Levin likes to say that because there's not enough Shadchanim to support all the singles out there, we as Temke Abot Israel and bringing it to everybody in the community, we're creating an army of Shadchanim. Every single person takes care of the singles they know or networks with someone else, then everybody is taken care of. And you don't have to worry about, you know, just those sort of quote unquote easy ones, right? Everybody is taken care of by the ones they know. Also on the flip side of that, it also helps the singles, right? You were asking the question, you know, the Shadchanam like to go after the easy ones. What about those singles who don't necessarily feel like they're the easy ones or they're out of the box? Can you imagine how amazing they feel when they get a phone call from you? Actually, someone remembers about me. I can get married also. And the two of them together can cause so much power. And the potential there is amazing. Okay. So let's go through some of the things that you offer as part of your resources. I am somebody who is technically inspired I feel like I know a bunch of random people who don't seem like a match at all. <laughs> I also feel like I'd be bothering people or insulting them because mm-hmm. many of them are a lot older, more established in their lives. I don't ask other people how their relationships are going. So where do I start? I love it that you ended that off as where did I start? Where do I start? Because that's where we start also. We start take a step back and we say nobody, they've never suggested Shidduch before. So number one, you can either join our WhatsApp groups. We have a cycle of literally starting from create your papers to figuring out how to suggest. What if I'm too nervous? What do I need to know them very well? What if I only know their parents? Like all these questions, even before you even thought of an idea. And we post one pretty much every night. And then it's also scattered with either inspiration or additional like updates from the organization, such as like mobs of tough stories. And the other big thing is events, or I guess you could say resources in that way. Besides for those that we have on the WhatsApp group and we post on Instagram, the other big area, which with, with our events is 
bringing you their practical guidance. So we just completed a three-part series with Mrs. Naomi Cohn, a veteran and well-known and trusted Shachan from Detroit. And she walks you through exactly all those questions of where do I start? How do I do it? The exact protocols, what she likes to do, uh, what other people sometimes do, just thinking through it. And she also answers tons of questions and answers from our audience. It's extremely, extremely valuable for anyone who is really looking to get into this and just spread their first shidduch. And you can find that all on our website. We have an events page. There's a little tab at the top that you can click on and you'll see that. Um, we also had last year two sessions with Mrs. Rachel Goldbaum, a dating coach. So we got her perspective also on different understanding how should the dating be going? How do I navigate it? When do I give good feedback? When do I not give feedback? Or what do I even think would be a good idea, right? Like, how do I know it's going to be a good idea? And we're constantly coming up with more and more of these events and resources. Okay. So if you could share a few tips on how do you know it's a good idea and then how do you navigate it? Can you share some with us? Yes. So I would say the top ones that we've heard over and over again is think about something, you know, a few things that are unique to that couple and how they would fit or complement each other, right? It's not like every other girl or guy that they hear of is nice, smart, and pretty, right? If you find out from the single specifics that you're looking for, right? Are you looking for someone who is street smart or academic? And then suggest someone, think about it. Are they street smart or are they academic? Something unique, something that stands out according to what they want. Mrs. Cohn also says you have to listen a lot. Don't project your own experiences or influences or your own really subjective opinion or perspective on it. Just listen to them, hear what they want, and then think about how that fits into their wants. Also, another thing that we really work hard to help the budding shachin, as we like to call it, is confidence. So many people are terrified to pick up the phone because either they don't know what they're doing or they're terrified that someone's going to get insulted. And also, this is a very common one that we hear, people are thinking like, who am I? I'm not a shachin. They're not going to listen to me. Well, newsflash, they are going to listen to you because number one, you are someone who knows them or someone who got to know them and you're actually putting thought into this also we have actually like a cute little series of tips for you to help you with your confidence and it may sound funny but practice practice and prepare what you're gonna say describe the single like i said in a unique way so don't go into the phone call saying oh esty is so put together and she's really smart and she's so fun to be with, right? You can say, Esty has an eye for things. She has an eye when it comes to her clothing, when it comes to her cooking. She has a certain flair, right? That sounds so much better and some, so much more exciting than someone who just says, oh, she's put together. Or you can say, she's smart, but she's also very in tune into what other people need. She goes the extra mile. She doesn't just give me a ride to work. She comes to her ride with fresh muffins in the car. She goes that extra mile because she knows it's been a 
rushed morning and I probably didn't eat. There's a caring there that makes her stand out. Also, one more thing I want to add is that statistically, it's more likely to be successful if a family or a friend suggests it because they know them better. And you're more likely to get trust and credibility. And that's the key things to build when you're a chefin. And you're more likely to lose it as a friend if you mess up or insult them. No? Well, yes, but there's also, you have that liberty of running things by them. You're going to them and you're saying, I'm learning right now about you, about what you're looking for. So sorry if I'm asking something that seems like a dumb question, but I'm just starting from scratch, so to speak. Or just ask them straight out and wait for their answer. Don't make assumptions. And then they're basically suddenly seeing you as another networking tool for them. And you're learning from them along the way. What do you have to say to people who you said when you listen to them, you can't have your own biases and opinions affect you want to be able to listen to them and try to find what they're looking for. However, especially since you have dating coaches on, and I've learned a lot from dating coaches, specifically because Eliza Benchalem recorded her course in my studio. There's a lot of around adjusting what you're looking for. Someone you may be looking for may not be looking for someone like you or somebody you've been looking for is an idea you planted in your head five years ago and you have changed drastically, but you haven't changed your what you're looking for your blurb when you meet people, isn't it helpful that the outsiders who have a perception of another person, assuming they know them, their biases can be of help versus somebody. And I'm not saying no one knows what they're looking for. I'm just saying what happens when you think what someone is looking for is not what they're actually looking for. We're going into the dating coach space now. Right. I'm a coach, not a dating coach, but I know. (laughs) But it's a good question. It's not a menu. That's what I'm saying. So I would say as someone, let's say if I was approaching this as someone who wanted to set up an older single friend of mine or cousin or relative, I would go to them and say, at this point, are you open to X, Y, and Z? I'm not going to assume. I'm going to pretend like I met them yesterday. I'm going to know the basis or I'm going to know the basic type, but in a way it empowers me even more because now I know the questions to ask, what are you open to? Since I know what you're used to in a way, let's say someone comes from a family that's full of professional working people, right? Working men. I can go to a friend of mine who's 30 years old or 35 years old or whatever, however old they are. And I can say, are you open to someone who would like to be the best high school Rebbe there is, or someone who wants to go into Clico, there's someone who wants to go into teaching, someone who wants to go into Rabbanas, Dianas. So that's a great tool. I like that. Are you open to it? Yeah. Are you open to it? And then they just tell me yes or no. I'm not coming to them saying, just sending them a resume and the backgrounds are totally different. And they're going to look at me and be like, uh, mm, thanks, but no thanks. Like, come on, this is not helpful. And I'm not at the same time calling them and saying, I have this amazing guy for you and you really have to go out with him. Like, who cares about the backgrounds? Like, is it really important to you? You want to get married. It's all how you approach it. So it's just simply asking them, are you open to it? What is the demographics of the people who are joining the 10K Bate Israel program? Are they mostly in-towners? 
So I would actually, that's a really good point. Not just in-towners, yeshivish, because there's so many people in the non-yeshivish space that don't have resumes. And then it's much harder to set people up because maybe they had a resume 15 years ago when they were semi-yeshivish, but now they're like, ew, resumes. I'm beyond that. At this point, I would say we do tend to have a lot more women over men. And this is something that like as an organization, we're constantly trying to expand to and just to target those specific people. And we have a lot of actually single, younger singles, older singles, all different ages. We have people all over the world, which is amazing. And in terms of like community type, we we do have like the ranges. It's hard to know exactly because they don't necessarily tell us what type they are, you know, when they get engaged for us, if they do tell us their actual names or whatever it is, not like we're going to know. We do have, interestingly enough, we have a few Hasidish that actually come through and they tell us specifically we're Hasidish. But to answer the second part of your question, it's like, what do you do if, you know, they don't have resumes, it's harder to set them up. So a lot of the, you know, the coaches and the events and the resources that we do give you from these people who are, have done this for a while and can give over their insights, they do give it to you in a universal way and help you to reach every single community type, no matter where you are and what you're doing. They do go through those scenarios for you. So let's go back to some of our planned questions here. What are some of the common stumbling blocks to picking up the phone and how does one get over it? And I'm somebody who's done cold sales. I've tried setting people up on Shadokim and I don't call people necessarily. I'll send them a text or a WhatsApp first. <laughs> I'll call it Shadokim trauma. I always say, just step into the mindset of the single. Imagine someone was asking you something and you assumed, or even if you didn't assume, you thought that they would know the answer to it. And obviously they don't. How would you want that question posed to you? I said earlier a little bit about like preparation is key. Practicing on the phone is very important. Figuring out what is unique. How can I describe this person in more than the usual adjectives? Google synonyms for the words that you want to use. And also, even if you don't, if you aren't a confident, fake it till you make it. Because the more confident you are, the more confident they will receive that and perceive that. And it, it will be better. But here's the biggest and most important thing that I can tell you. As long as you're making the phone call, that's all that needs to happen. All you have to do is light a match, spark a flame, just something to get a conversation going. Let's say you're talking to a friend or to a parent or a, or a friend or whoever it is representing a single. They never heard of this before. Either they'll hear it and they'll like it and they'll continue doing research or they'll maybe not be so into it right away. And then suddenly a few days later, someone else says something similar and it makes them remember your conversation. A phone call, I always say, is so much better. We try to encourage that as much as possible because, or even like a voice note, something more than just text, personal. something a personal touch to it. Yeah, a personal touch. And also people, tone of voice is very, very powerful. And you can't get that in text messaging. Once you are making that phone call, you're already miles ahead of everybody else. It's so important. And also, once you do it once, it gets so much easier. You start realizing, actually, I can do this. And maybe this is something that I can do a little more often. Okay. So you've mentioned something about 
that singles could also be setting other people up. I have nothing against discriminating against singles, big shadchanim. But I just had Leslie Ginsburg Klein on an episode, and she was talking about how maybe singles shouldn't be in the middle of it because it could get sticky or uncomfortable or I don't know. I actually don't know why it wouldn't be appropriate. And I do know that many shidduchim happen via friends, or as you said, people who are family friends or family members. The response to that is that a single can think. Any single can network and any single can suggest. Should a single necessarily run the idea and be the actual go-between? Perhaps not. It depends on that single. It depends on the environment. It depends on the circumstances, how close they are to the singles, how close they are to the people involved. Maybe not, but singles can definitely, and they actually have their own mini database, which is the singles that they themselves go out with, that they can set up with other friends and family that they know. And they can think, they can suggest, they can make a lot of phone calls, get the ball rolling. And once they're agreed to a date, then potentially pass it on to someone else, whether that person is experienced or not. It really depends on the situation. So my biggest question to you now is, this takes up so much time. It's usually an unsuccessful effort. How do you have people continue going and, you know, doing this uncomfortable salesy like work? When it's just so ungratifying? It's an excellent question. I want to say it's one of our deepest desires and goals. And I'd like to say that we, 10K, we're here for two people. We're here to inspire those people who never even thought of a shidduch. And we're also there to like encourage and relight that fire and that passion for those who tried and then they got burned out. Because they either got too busy with their lives or, like you said, it was ungratifying or they feel like nothing's happening. And the answer to that, and we've seen this with countless stories. If you read the 10K stories page, it's absolutely astounding. No piece of hishtablos, no phone call, no text, no voice note, no resume that you read, no follow-up phone call, no second and third follow-up phone call that you make, no piece of Ishalas goes wasted. Rabbi Levin also has said in the past that every piece of Ishalas gets added to a bank up in Shomai. There's a bank up there. And maybe that piece of Ishalas didn't work for your particular idea, but someone else, somewhere, a different single, somewhere in the world needed a little more Ishalas stuff. And your piece of Ishalas didn't go to to who you thought you were giving it to, and it went to them instead. Hishtalas is never wasted. And if you think of it in that way, then you realize, you know what? Let's keep going because it's not even like I don't see success because the success is the action. Yes, sometimes we are lucky. We are so excited and it is amazing when we see actual success in front of us. But Always know that every piece of Ishtalas is actually being saved somewhere and used somewhere else. Can you share some of the most highlighted stories of Tenke Bata Israel? My favorite story is a couple recently got married 
decided they're going to sit down and set up their friends. And lo and behold, they did. They set up, they made this shidduch. They were inspired by 10K Baruch Yisrael. And they actually had Yisrael and Elisha in mind. Beautiful. They sent us an email. We were inspired. This is the coolest thing. We're such, we're great networking for each other. Fine. A few months later, they send us another email. So at the vert of the first couple, we actually thought of a second one and set them up that night and they also got engaged. And I was thinking, wow, like it's one thing to inspire you to set up one. Like you're in a particular position as a newly married couple to try to think of who you know, but realize that that second couple would never have gotten married without the inspiration of the first one either. So it was like, the potential that you have just by making one phone call is past even just the potential of that first shidduch. And you all know those stories. Like everybody knows shidduchim stories, like where you start off writing something to someone else and it goes somewhere there and then and all of a sudden someone else got married totally unrelated to you, but it started because you got the ball rolling. I also love these stories. There was another girl, a single girl who had met a, a boy at her, Shabbos table or something they were hosting him and she said he's such a really good boy but like I don't know any types of girls like offhand she went upstairs she pulled out her high school yearbook and she started going through her friends from high school and figuring out who's still single and she set them up and they're married or whatever they got engaged that to me was we can tell you we can inspire you but that was like wow the initiative that she took where she said Maybe I can actually go through my yearbook. That's a tactical, very clear list of singles that I know. Why not use it? There are so many stories. And every story that comes in, you think, like, it just tops the next one. Do you have bad stories? I mean, are there worst? What would be, a, like, a bad stories i mean it's not like i tried setting someone up and my best friend from forever now is not talking to so, me and <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'm trying to think what a worse story would be i guess like similar to what you said about you know, that person being insulted someone did actually tell us recently that they set up someone's daughter and that person came to them and like you suggested him for my daughter how could you and we told them you know we gave him the same encouragement we said you never know he might think of this boy for someone else you don't have to worry so much about the end result of that yes it feels a little yucky but the truth is so next time you could ask a few more questions it's a learning experience and that person actually told us later, he said, yeah, the, the man came to apologize. He said he was just having a rough time with a bunch of things. And I realized like, yeah, you never know where you're going to catch someone, right? So as long as you know you did your job and you feel good about what you're doing, then really the results are not up to you. They're up to Hashem. And you'll see that's the other dish might have come. Tell us a little bit about how the organization works. Everyone's volunteer based. Do you have any sponsorships? Where do you spend your money? We have right now. Yeah, we really do have an all volunteer staff and we use every dollar to its fullest. Most of it goes into creating and putting out more inspirational content and setting up and running these new resource events. You know, 
printing ads costs money, <laughs> covering the costs of these events. So yeah, we're always, you know, hoping for sponsorships, donations, partnering. We have so many projects and ideas constantly in the works. That's what I was going to ask you. What are some of the initiatives you think would help with the industry? You probably don't want to share them because you don't want people stealing them. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like the accountability. You know, I said, we're doing this. Now we have to do it. I think, well, there's a few things we've done in the past. Like over Hanukkah, we had the, what we call the Sparky Matches Challenge. You had to form a team of three people that you know and suggest as many shidduchim as you can over Hanukkah. And the reason why we chose Hanukkah is because everybody gets together on Hanukkah. You have family parties, friends parties, kids school parties. You spend a lot of time meeting people and a lot of time eating and talking and listening to music. What if you spent a lot of that time networking and thinking of shidduchim? And it was a competition. And the team with the most suggestions at the end won a grand prize to a gift certificate to a, a restaurant. And then we also had like little pop-up gifts throughout, like the team with the most suggestions in the next 24 hours got a prize. And then we gave it an extra like two weeks after Hanukkah for the most first days to come out of that. So that was a very exciting initiative. And I feel like that was also like, what you try to do is capitalize on when are people getting together? It's not like they have to cut out the time to network. It'll happen on its own. And then a lot of the times, once you think of an idea and you get that ball rolling, it just happens by itself. You, less time is, let's say, committed to it. You don't have to set aside time. You end up multitasking. It could take a lot of time, but it's not necessarily time that you feel like I'm going to a shidduch meeting now and I'm spending an hour and a half listening about singles and then coming home and thinking, right? When you're talking amongst each other already, you may as well be setting people up. And then the other thing I would say is that we try to target, like I said, you know, right now it's only women or singles. We're going to, we try to target more people. Like in the summer, we try to get the bungalow colonies to come together. We would love to have anyone who's in any stage of life thinking, I can do this also. And it's part of being a from, or it's part of being a Jew right? Just like you help someone who has a baby, just like you're helping someone who's sick. Part of my day is suggesting Shaduchim. It's a communal responsibility. So even if I'm raising a family, even if I'm in high school, even if I'm holding down two jobs and I'm in college, even if I'm learning all day, even if I'm working all day and then learning at night, no matter what I am doing, part of my day is doing chesed and suggesting Shaduchim is one of those chesed. One of the challenges I also find around setting people up is that they take a long time to do their research and get back to you. What are some tips you have around that? I would say preparation. Yes, it seems like it's more time, but it's time that you'll end up saving later on. And also just constantly following up. Set yourself a reminder every two days at 8 p.m. Send a text message or call them, right? leave a voicemail. I don't know if anybody does those these days anymore, but if you leave a voicemail, I guarantee you're going to listen to it because you're not used to getting voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> then you keep following up with them. And then Mrs. Cohn actually said also, she says, you have to go into it with a mindset of what's meant to be is what's meant to be. There's only so much following up or pushing, so to speak, that you can do. 
at some point, maybe leave it a little bit and revisit it in a few weeks. Let me ask you this. (laughs) I'm not sure you're prepared for this question, but I'm not going to ask you anything personal about yourself, but I do want to know why did you want to be anonymous for this? podcast interview. And I'll just come from a place of if you're doing something so incredible and you're the co-founder, shouldn't you take pride in what you're doing and building? And why wouldn't you want your name and face associated with it? Is it a sneeze thing? Is it I'm going to ruin my shaduchim thing? What is it? I say it's because I don't want it to be the only thing I'm known for. Yes, it's a huge part of my life. I always say it's my second full-time job. I work full-time during the day. This is my full-time job at night and I love it. And of course I'm very proud. And some days I just want to scream it from the rooftops. Like look at what, what we're doing here. And if being not anonymous would make it easier for us to get our message out and reach more people, I would love to do that. But I don't want it to be the only thing I'm known for. I'm a whole other person just besides for that. And I feel like everyone would just say, Oh, you know, Liba, she's the head of 10K about Israel. It's like, no, know me for what I do for everything else about me. Well, I hope I could change your mind because I'm somebody who wears many hats. And when I meet somebody who says they know me, I'm very excited to find out which hat do they know me by. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I'm just related to somebody and it's the hat of being a sister or a daughter. And <laughs> for some reason, that's a disappointing one. <laughs> Because I like to be known for the stuff I did build and accomplish, not for my born position in society. When I'm ready, I'll let you know. (laughs) And I'll give you the opportunity. Yeah. I really enjoy this conversation. I hope people are inspired to do some chesed in their, not free time, in their mindful, intentional time that they want to contribute as a community member. We will post some resources in the show notes. And I already announced on the podcast, I'm going to be offering Zoom calls to meet singles who listen to this podcast so I could get to know my community who happen to be single. And maybe they would be a great fit for each other because they already have so much in common because they listen to the show. <laughs> and in a deep way, they may be soulmates already without knowing it. But maybe that's just my simplified way of thinking <laughs> and trying to remove myself from thinking fair. about people I actually know already. And I want them to do the work and the reaching out. But we'll see if something comes of it. I know I'm going to dedicate some time to it before I <laughs> burn out and give up again. But you're here for the inspirational for the renewable inspiration. So I'm excited to be connected with you. Thank you so much. That's great. And you're just taking just a step and that's really what's needed and everything else will fall into place. And I also do want to say, obviously everything at 10K Batistral is done. And I think this is the Siyad that we see from the stories of engagements that otherwise would not have happened is all in their schuss. And if you think about it, when you're making suggestions or when you're networking and you're trying to set singles up, and I'm talking to everyone now listening to the podcast, think about it that Yisrael and Elisheva, they were a couple that were never Zoha to go down to Zohapa and build their own home. They're going to have a part in a potential bias for Yisrael that you help set up. If there's one thing that you come away with knowing, no hishtalis or effort is wasted. And you can, you, yes, you who are listening on your way, somewhere you who are about to go to the crying baby you who 
about to run into work or come home from work, you can make a phone call and you can be a shadchan also. Thank you. And you know, my personal connection to creating something, Le'ilu and Ishmas, Israel and Eli Shava. Have you seen the song that I did with Esther Press? Yes, it was stunning. Absolutely stunning. And I, I remember when you told me, I just, I, I texted my friend who's the other co-founder and I said, like, I have shivers that like, you wrote it the night they were nifter, like the night of the accident. This is what came to your mind. And it is so, so powerful. And I think everybody should be listening to it. Oh, if you're a woman, <laughs> Kalisha. Yes, that's true. Kalisha. I would say okay. also, if, you know, for everybody, there's also the Afi Coleman video that Ellie Levin, Israel's brother, wrote and put out. And if you want an extremely powerful and stirring understanding of the backstory, definitely watch that video on YouTube. Just Google Ellie Levin, Afi Coleman. And it is really, really a beautiful and powerful way that describes Tenkeva Israel. Thank you so much, Liba, for coming onto the show and sharing your incredible work with us. And you, you should have Hatzlach and everything you do. I mean, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for giving us this platform. <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks so much for listening until the end. Thanks so much for participating in the conversation in the WhatsApp group. And see you next week.